Welcome to the Elijah Streams podcast. Our mission is to encourage you in your faith through a unique blend of patriotism and prophecy. And now here's your host, Steve Schultz. Hey everyone, welcome to Elijah Streams. Today's Thursday, July 20th, 2023. I'm your host, Kelsey O'Malley, filling in for Steve Schultz today. Happy Thursday to everybody out there watching. I'm super excited about today's show because we are welcoming back Krista Elijah, and she always brings a great word to us. Um, She carries the Father's heart. She really convicts us uh, through the Holy Spirit in the best of ways. Today, she's going to be sharing um, where are we on God's calendar. She's going to be sharing a prophetic word with us. It's going to be awesome. But before we bring her on, we want to thank you again for giving into the digging of water wells and partnering with us. You know, some of us are called to go and do missions. We are actually called to go into the missions field. And then other uh, others of us are called to help in ways we can financially. And some of us are called, hey, to help pray um, or maybe even send someone into the mission field. But we just want to thank you guys for partnering with us. And if you feel that pull on your heart today to give, we we really appreciate it because it's impossible to do this type of stuff without people all joining together. And that's what the body of Christ is for. And we want to show you a quick video clip just to share um, what's going on over in Uganda and how lives are being changed through your generous donations. We are celebrating. Why? Because thousands of people cannot access clean water and thousands have given their lives to Jesus because of the clean water ones that have been drilled. You are truly saving lives. You have no idea the peace of mind that she have brought to the mothers in these villages. Now, their young daughters don't have to travel alone for miles and miles to collect water. Instead, they can focus on school and family. Everyone is rejoicing and giving thanks. May God bless you all. Come with me as we go visit one of the mothers that you have impacted. Hello. I'm here with Pegson's family. Pegson is a mother of eight and she lives with some of her grandchildren. Before the new water wells were drilled in this community, they would walk two hours to the old water source to collect water. It was very hard for them. But now everything has changed because they now have a new water source. Because of you, the water source is just two minutes away from their home. Stories have changed. Thank you for being a blessing. May God bless you. We would like to say thank you. You have impacted so many lives by donating towards the drilling of water wells. But there are still people without access to clean water. Donate today at elijahsdreams.com slash donate. Thank you guys again so much for giving. You can donate at elijahsdreams.com slash donate, or you can mail in your gift. And we want to just thank you again. God bless you guys for continuing to give. Those of you who are continuing to give into this, um, you know, more blessed is it to give than to receive. And these precious people's lives are completely changing. They're seeing the love of Christ. Faith without works is dead. And you, believe it or not, even though you can't go there, you are just as important when you give as those who actually are drilling the wells uh, wells and doing, you're just as important. We need to all do it together. So God bless you guys. And thank you again. 
All right, my guest today, you guys know her well, Krista Elijah. She is the founder of Kingdom Arise Ministries along with her husband, David. She's a revivalist. Um, she's passionate, so passionate to see people really encounter the true love of Jesus, to have their lives completely transformed by Christ. And it's an honor to have her on with us today. Please help me welcome Krista Elijah. Krista, it's great to be back with you again. Hello. I always love being on with you. It's uh, so fun because you're a lover too. You you walk in that that love anointing with Jesus. And so it I feel like um when we're flowing together in the Holy Spirit, like people are are so touched by the love of God. And um it's just perfect that I'm on today because of the time that we're in on God's calendar. Right. Oh yeah, and we're gonna be talking about that today. Um and I wanna kind of open with because when people hear God's calendar, they're like, what? what does that mean? What? I have no idea what that means. Cause not a lot of churches teach about the Hebrew calendar and where we are and the timeline of God. And so you're going to be sharing that with us today, but kind of to start this and open it, what's the importance of, um, following God's calendar, the Hebrew calendar? Well, yeah. So everything that God does, I mean, he set the stars and the sky and the planets and the times and the seasons, right? Um, and so God has this um, these cycles in place to perpetuate the continuation of life, right? So there's seed time and harvest and Ecclesiastes. It says there is a time and a season for everything under the sun. And um, there is, you know, the calendar that we follow, the Gregorian calendar, but mm -hmm. God has his own calendar. And that is actually the calendar that the Hebrews and, and Jesus himself lived by. And they had specific themes over each month and they could uh, essentially know it, it's like the sons of Issachar, right? They knew the times and the seasons. And so it, when we are plugged into us through the Holy Spirit, we will see that there are actually patterns and cycles that um, all of creation, but us in the body of Christ actually go through that is always on par with what God is doing on the Hebrew calendar. Um, and every so often, our Gregorian calendar lines up with God's calendar, the Hebrew calendar. And um, that's when you have like these, uh, like I think it was this last year, uh, Pentecost fell on the same day on both calendars. Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah. And uh, we know, right, that we're in a season of revival right now. And we we are seeing that like pour out in different places, like these mega uh, moves of God and salvations and things. And, and so that happening on the same day on both calendars is like a double sign. It's really God trying to get our attention to be like, Hey, look and look again. So you see what I'm doing. So you're not going to miss what I desire to have happen in this season or this time in your life. So, um, and there are times that, um, you know, 
the Israelites, so I keep just getting this picture of like the Israelites walking around and around that same mountain in the wilderness, right? Mm -hmm. And um, that's kind of what God's calendar is like. The Gregorian calendar, it's linear, but God's is not. It's cycles and seasons. It's Ezekiel's wheels within wheels, right? And um, if we don't receive God's instructions, listen and obey, um, then we can't ever cross into the promised land, mm -hmm. right? And so there are key moments through these seasons that if we catch it, uh, we will know what to look out for so that we don't fall into unbelief or fall into sin and we can cross over into the the prophetic promises and to the, the promotion and to the things that we've been contending for and believing God for. So that's okay, so, there's important. Yeah. It's, it's really important. I think it reminds us too of the faithfulness of God. Cause we think of like, Oh, the day of atonement is right now. And look at what God did through that day. And I mean, Pentecost and all those things that helps us. Re it reminds us of how amazing our God is, how amazing and supernatural and the miracles that he's done. I mean, it stirs up our faith to believe for he's the same God. So for him to do something great in our life. And what month are we in now? So let's let's start with because obviously there were it's not the Gregorian calendar. So it's is it called a completely different month? Obviously, it's not the same. So what what month is called now that we're in because we're in July, but for the Hebrew calendar, where are we? Yeah, we actually just entered into the Hebrew month of Av. And okay. um, so we were in Tammuz and now we are in the month of Av. And there the, the Hebrew calendar does follow like the lunar cycle. So it is it is different. Um, but I also just feel to throw this out here for for somebody one of the reasons that um, there was like God had a big issue with the beast that Daniel saw in his vision was that the beast came to change God's times and his seasons. Oh, wow. Right. And so um, it, it because God says that my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge and who he is and his ways. Right. And so if we have knowledge about God's times and God's seasons, then, and we're not ignorant about it, mm -hmm. then we can be on track like the sons of Issachar who know what to do in the day that they're given an opportunity. So this month and the month of all, it happens to be my favorite, honestly, <laughs> um, because it's become sort of a theme over my life, but the month of Av. Can I just pray real quick? Is that okay? I'm just going to. Oh, yeah. 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 Let's do that. Because I really just want, I feel like this message, it's so hopeful. And um, a, a big anointing on my life is for people to have an encounter with the Father heart of God. And so I just want to invite him into this. And, and yeah. So Daddy God, I love you. I thank you so much that you are not you are not far away. God, the good news of the kingdom <laughs> is that you are near, that the kingdom of heaven is at hand, that you are close enough to touch. Woo! And so God, I just ask right now that by your Holy Spirit, 
that you would just begin to touch people over the broadcast. Maybe there are people watching that have never had an encounter with the father heart, the father heart that imparts identity, that puts his hand of blessing on a child's head, that tells them who they are, that provides protection and provision for everything they need for every part of their life. And um, God, I just pray that they would have an encounter with you that would make you real to them in that way. God, that you would even prophetically and through the spirit of revelation begin to minister things to them and connect dots <laughs> so that they can see you and know you for who you really are. And um, Jesus, I thank you so much that you are the exact representation of the Father, that you came and you only said and did what you saw your Father say and do. And so when we see you, Jesus, we see our Daddy. Wow. And we also see who we were created to be in your image, filled with the Holy Spirit and power, going about doing good and destroying the works of hell. <laughs> wow. And so, Father, I just thank you for revelation of your love and for um, just speaking through us today, God. We just thank you that I ask you, Holy Spirit, to just possess me today. Take take me over and then and and just speak whatever you want to speak, whatever is coming straight from the Father's heart on the throne room, God. I just want to be like a little girl sitting on her father's lap, speaking the things that he is whispering in my ear to the audience today, because that is the reality that I live in, that I am seated in Christ in heavenly places. And so are they. Whew. Yeah. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I thank you that your spirit is here to heal the brokenhearted and bind their wounds. And um, God, I thank you with the revelation of the father. There's a revelation of the family heart of God that's coming. And um, I thank you specifically for miracles and marriages. Uh, that was a big thing that God was giving me over the broadcast today was miracle marriages. If you're not married, um, being married, like finding your spouse soon. And two, if you are married, having a miracle happen in your marriage. And so I release that as a prophetic word and a declaration in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Whew. All right. Now I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> so uh, the month of Av, guys, is is so fun because you know the Hebrew the Hebrew alphabet it it's all alive and not, their alphabet and all of their words there are layers of spiritual meaning and so in Av Av so the root word of of Abba or Ava, as they would say, which is the most intimate word for, fa for father in Hebrew. Mm -hmm. Literally, it's daddy. That's if we were to translate it into English, the closest we could get would be papa or daddy. So the word says, you know, well, what wondrous love is this that we might be called children of God and that the Holy Spirit comes and he makes God's fatherhood real to us so that we can cry out Abba or daddy God, right? Yeah. So Abba, the root word for Av is 
in Abba. And the word in Hebrew for love is Ahava, because you can't know love without knowing the Father. True. Because God is love. He is perfect love. And it's not a love that um, says, go do whatever you want and do whatever feels good, right? That's not love. It's a love that says, I love you so much that I've put boundaries and parameters in place to keep Mm -hmm. you safe so that your development and your, your growth and your safety and longevity are, are what comes out and goes forward, right? Rather than your growth and your development or your well-being being stunted or deformed, mm-hmm. right? So, and that's the difference between agape love and other kinds of love um, or phileo love, which is actually what the first Corinthians chapter 13, the famous love passage, you know, that yeah. is, that's actually phileo love. And that phileo means brotherly love or that, that kind of love is actually how God calls us to love one another. Yeah, that's so good because we always see it in marriages, like re- at weddings and stuff. And really it is, it's brotherly love. It's how we should love our brothers and sisters. Right. Yeah. And it's so funny too, when you look at um, like Ephesians, right? Ephesians is the book that everybody um, associates with spiritual warfare, right? If you read most of Ephesians, it's talking about the way that we deal with interpersonal relationships within Mm -hmm. the body of Christ. And there are leading up to Ephesians 6, which talks about spiritual warfare and how we don't war against, you know, flesh and blood, but principalities, world rulers, wicked spirits, and, you know, in heavenly places that are in rebellion to God, right? The first, the, the two books before that are all about how wives and husbands are supposed to love each other. Mm, Wow. You know, so Mm -hmm. there's like, what that says to me is that, um, spiritual warfare, the enemy is always after our covenant. And And he specifically hates marriage, um, as God ordained it between one man and one woman, because marriage is the prophetic picture of Christ and the church, right? So however he can attack our marriage so that we are not rightly representing Jesus, Mm. right? Um, That's what he wants to do because he wants to prevent people from entering into the kingdom, you know, by and and because really we're supposed to be inviting people into this this love this safe place this safe community um where there's complete vulnerability and um transparency mm-hmm. and intimacy between one another like we have with Jesus we're supposed to have that with our spouse to be a sign and a wonder to a world that does not know how to love because they don't know love. They don't know the person of love. Right. That's so good. Right. And so that's really like where we're at right now on God's calendar. This month is the month of 
the father, of encountering the father and encountering the father's love and becoming more like the father in his love. And actually on um, where we're at right now, there is this space between the Hebrew month of Tammuz, which we just came out of. It's so the end of Tammuz into the ninth of Av, which is going to fall on July 28th that the Jews refer to as the Straits. And they call it the Dire Straits because this is the season of the year where they've been in troubled waters in the past. Like um, they, you know, so it started with the, 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 in Tammuz when Moses brought down the marriage contract, which was the 10 commandments from Mount Sinai. That was actually mm-hmm. God's marital covenant to the Jewish people. Moses went on Sinai. The people stayed at the base of the mountain. He got the Ten Commandments. He said, I will be your God and you will be my people. If you do this, then I will do this. Right. It was a marriage contract. And Moses came to bring this contract down to share it with the people. And instead, they had uh said, oh, Moses has abandoned us. God has abandoned us. They totally forgot about the way that God had performed the miracles in the past, you know, and brought them out of the Mm -hmm. land of Egypt and split the Red Sea. And they took the gold that was actually given to them, surrendered to them by the Egyptians and was meant to be a source of provision for them in their promise. They Mm -hmm. took their gold and they melted it down and they made an idol. They made a golden calf right and they yeah. worshiped it and that and Moses was angry and he threw the tablets and broke the tablets and so that was the day that it opened up um the straits and then the ninth of av is when it ends um but that was the day that the the spies were sent into the promised land and there were only of the 12 spies that were sent out. There were only two Joshua and Caleb that came back with a good report. And Caleb said, do not sin against the Lord in unbelief for this mm-hmm. is a good land. We, we need to listen to the Lord and the giants are going to be as bread to us is what he said. Meaning the very things that, you know, look intimidating, they're going to serve us. Like they're going to provide for us. Um, and instead they sinned. It was the 10 spies, their sin and unbelief um, because they didn't believe that that they could take the promised land or that God was going to do right. it. For them. And right. so this season in God's calendar is really this narrow place where God is like allowing external pressures um, to get out of us what can't go into the promised land with us. Mm. And um, yeah, so <laughs> it's it's the narrow place where we have to make choices, right? Right. Are we going to make a golden calf? Are we, are we going to serve an idol? Are we going to believe that our bank account um, is our security or do we believe that God is our security? Mm-hmm. You know, um, I like to say whatever you have to check with before you obey God is an idol. Yeah. Come on. Right. 
So, or another, another thing is whatever you run to when you feel that God is not showing up fast enough. Right. Yep. That's a huge one. That is an idol. Mm -hmm. And so there is, um, there's a call to the, the people of God right now to examine their hearts, examine their lives you know, ask if God has asked them something and they feel like they're going around the same mountain over and over again, it's probably because there's a golden calf somewhere that Mm. needs, that God wants to judge and needs to be brought down. Um, Or it is because they have got to the edge of their promise and they have chose unbelief and ever mm-hmm. and have fallen into fear rather than to step out in faith. And um so this really is a season of like, you know, choose life or choose death. Mm, wow. Um, um it's also a season to really guard your heart and your mind from uh not just doubt and unbelief, but um hardening your heart against the word of the Lord and against the covenant relationships that God has placed in your life, not to allow bitterness or unforgiveness to take root. Yeah. Because those things will absolutely block us from being able to step into the fullness of what God has planned for us. So this month is kind of a little bit hard. You're saying (laughs) like there might be some pressure building, but to, Oh, the last month, the the last, so it's the last week of, okay the last month and it's until July 28th. That's July okay. 28th is the day that the spies came back. Okay. Uh, and so let this be an encouragement to y'all. If you are feeling like you're going through a really narrow place right now, God, it's actually the birth canal. God is birthing something in and through you. And it is going to be more of Jesus. He is getting out of you what you cannot carry into your promise, into your promotion. And do not, you know, take on a victim mindset. You know, this too Mm -hmm. shall pass. God is with you. He promises us in Isaiah, you know, when the, when you go through deep waters, I will be there with you. Right? Like, he's, he's there with you. And it's, I have discovered that whenever I am going through a trial, Mm -hmm. whenever I'm going through trial, it's actually, I'm I'm being invited into a learning opportunity. Yeah. You know, like every time, (laughs) every time, because this whole thing is like what we pray, Jesus, I want to be more like you. You're the most beautiful among thousands, you know, like, oh, Jesus, I just love you. And you can't spend time with him. You can't worship him and and not want to be like him. And ultimately he wants us to be like him because that's who we were really created to be. And anything less than that is, is a low life. It's, right. sub, it's subpar life. Um, so he's just going to bring more of himself and his nature out of you so that ultimately you can be free from yourself. Because I think that's real freedom is being free from me. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And so, okay, we're, we, July 28th is the end of, yes, of the like, straits, what you said. The dire straits. Okay. And then we move into 
the month of Av, right? Yes. Well, we just okay. The straits are between the two months, so okay, okay. But the to be Av um, is technically the fifteenth day of Av, and that is right after the that last day or the the straits. It it falls on um, August first, actually, and okay. This is what's really beautiful when you look at the story of the the straits um, is that really it's all about Yahweh finding a bride who will be Mm -hmm. faithful and true because the Ten Commandments were the marriage contract, right? And so it's, it's really all about his faithfulness and, and, are we going to get the stuff out of the way that cause us to be anything less than an, an equal bride who is faithful and true. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, (laughs) so it's really this, this, this place of like, cause you know, you got to surrender in a marriage, but it ends, it ends with the culmination of the Jews entering finally you know, Joshua leading the people into the promised land after that generation who sinned, who could not be a covenanted people to God because of their unbelief and because of their idolatry, right? Mm -hmm. When all of that was gone or dead, then they were able to move in to the promised land into, because Jesus really, intimacy with Jesus, he is our promised land. And um, he is our victory. He is our everything. But as soon as they go into the promised land, God gives them this instruction that they are to abolish the the um, rule that he had set in place where they could not marry outside of their own tribe. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Streams podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, go to ElijahStreams.com slash give. So all those years in the, in the wilderness, they actually had to stay within their own tribes. And that was how they married. But when they crossed over into the promised land, he abolished that on one particular day. And it's the Tubiak. And it was, and it's known as the Hebrew Valentine's day. It's like the equivalent. And so this one day of the year, all of the women would go around to their family members or their sisters, their friends' houses who were married, and they would ask to borrow uh, the used wedding garments. And so they would borrow wedding gowns, and then they would go out into the vineyards, and they would dance. And um, the eligible bachelors from all the different tribes would come out into the vineyard, and they would look at the women. And I love it because it just, it continues to show it's a prophetic picture, right? Of God's Mm -hmm. mercy and of his grace and how, you know, he wasn't, (sighs) what's interesting about this particular holiday and, and with the, the way that the, the Jews kind of chose a spouse, um, is that they couldn't, the men, could not choose a bride based on her, the size of her dowry or based on her status, like her family's status within the tribe or their wealth, because they were borrowed 
garments. So oh, okay. you couldn't tell like if their dress was nicer than their, you know, so it, it leveled the playing field essentially. And it caused people to begin to uh, look for a mate that one, they found beautiful, they found strong, that they were attracted to their grace, the way that they carried themselves, their personality. And ultimately, because you have to think about this, they were going into, they, they had just got into the promised land. They were mm-hmm. going to be fighting battles. Right. Lots right. of them. <laughs> and so whoever they married, it had to be a marriage with a mission. Mm. They were going to be marriages that were orchestrated based on, wow, I know that if I marry this man, he's going to be a good warrior. You know, he's strong. He's, you know, whatever makes a, a good somebody who is going to go to war and is going to win and come back and bring the spoils of war with him. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's actually where um, Paul got the phrase more than a conqueror. Oh, really? Yes, because um, the wives were considered more than conquerors. Oh, wow. Because the husbands went off to war and they did all the dirty, bloody battle. Yeah. And they would receive spoil, the spoils of war, and they would bring it home to their wives. And they would say, darling, you get to to partake in all of the benefits of my household and you get to enjoy the spoils of my blood and my sweat and my tears on the battlefield, which makes you more than a conqueror. I came home a conqueror for more, but you're more than I am because you didn't even have to swing a sword. Oh, wow. That's awesome. I've never heard that before. Yeah. And I mean, because he was using, and that's why when we interpret scripture, it's so important that we understand our audience and even look into like the cultural relevance of things that were said in that day. So we don't understand that because we're not Roman citizens, but Paul, who was a Roman citizen and lived during a time of war would have heard that phrase. Yeah. You know, so Jesus conquered and makes us more than conquerors because we're the bride. Awesome. We awesome. get and and so these, but these marriages were a picture of that. They were a picture of Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. And the bride. And so um, when the men were looking for a wife, they were looking for a woman that was beautiful, that would be able to have lots of babies that could take care of a family and a household that would um, know how to um, operate business, would know how to tend fields, but was also a woman who was rugged and tenacious and was warlike herself and faithful, right? Mm -hmm. Faithful being the big thing, because when your man is off to war and there's times where you're not together, you know, it it was about faithfulness. Yeah. You know, and so this is really, um, God was highlighting this particular holiday to me because I feel like that is where we're at right now. Uh, and, And the thing that God is really focusing on, he is focusing on marriages and he is 
he's revealing cracks in the foundations of our marriages for those of us who are married because he wants us to be secure in our marriage in our covenant and in safety with one another um Mm -hmm. because one that's really what we were created for i mean we were made for love like hands down there really is i mean there is no other explanation for human existence other than the creator who is love incarnate decided that to do what love does, which is to give of itself, right? Mm -hmm. Love has to be expressed. And so he expressed his great love by making a people that could be the object of his affection that he desired to have relationship back with, Mm -hmm. you know, and he placed these people, Adam and Eve, in a, in a garden called Eden, which means pleasure and said, be fruitful and multiply and subdue the earth. Right? So literally, how do you be fruitful? It's marital intimacy, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, have sex enjoy your marriage covenant, be pleased in one another, love one another deeply and from the heart, right? Mm -hmm. And take pleasure in one another and produce offspring from love out of your pleasure Mm -hmm. and, and delight in one another because I delight in you and the Godhead delights in themselves. And so we gave birth to you. And you're a product product of our delight. So make more mm-hmm. products of your delight. Mm-hmm. Really, I mean, the only reason for love is pleasure, is to enjoy it. Why, you know, like it's not, it, it's to just be together. Yeah. You know, and I, I feel like so often in our Christian experience, like we lose sight of that. Oh, especially in marriages. I mean, oh, it's such a you can go on this topic for a long time because there's just so many different scenarios that happen within a marriage. And right. the Bible only gives certain specific topics. But yeah, I mean, marriage is it's huge. I mean, it's huge. And there's so many people who've been hurt by it and who've struggled through it and who don't know what to do, who get to the, they're like, I don't know what to do. I can't do this anymore, but I know something inside of me is, you know, I can't turn back because they know the word of God. And so it's, this is a, is a very heavy um, subject for a lot of people's lives because marriage is not a cookie cutter thing. Everyone has different things that they go through. So it's really good. We're talking about this because I'm, I'm sure a lot of people watching are, either struggling right now within their marriage, um, their spouses don't believe, um, you know, they are, some are, some people are even separated, but still they, they don't divorce, but they live ba- total separate lives, right. um, from one another. So and I'm glad this is the month that <laughs> they God's are. saying, Hey, yeah, hold on a second. Let's get this right. And, and so here's the thing is that 
you know, it, it starts really this, this time season, it starts with us first being faithful to Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, when we're faithful to Jesus, love is compelled to action. True love is sacrificial. Yeah. Right. We, and the, it is so sad to say, but unfortunately we have been in, indoctrined by the world's view of love, which is what do you do to benefit me? Right. What yep. can I get from you? You're supposed to love me and serve me and make me feel good. Right. But that's not Christ-like love. That is self-centered, egotistical, and that is really the root of all sin, right, is self-centeredness. Right. True, true love is self-sacrificing. Jesus said himself, and then he demonstrated it on the cross, that, you know, there is no greater love than for a man to lay down his life for his friends. That the word friend there actually in the Hebrew, the, the original text, it's tribe. So it means family mm. and um, to lay down his life for his family. And then we see Jesus go to the cross. He laid down his life, but b- before he laid down his life, he had to lay down his own will. Mm. And your will is the seat of your appetites, the the seat of your desires, right? So I know like in my own, in my own marriage, we've been married 11 years and we had a very rocky beginning because we had so much trauma. We both were in a process of being healed from, you know, mental and emotional illnesses. And we had never had real love demonstrated to us at all. And and we were still learning to receive God's love for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I arrived at that place before my husband did. And I remember so many conversations with God, like God, he's, you know, he's verbally abusive and God, he's, you know, he does this and he does that. Why don't you just let me divorce him? Can I just divorce him? And God would always remind me, he would say, I will release you for your hardness of heart. But no, Krista, that when I said that I had good plans for you and for your future, I was looking at your husband too. And he mm. is a part of the good plans that I have for you. Wow. And, um, and then he would tell me the same thing. He would say, Krista, if you focus on laying down your need to have him love you, and you let me love you, then I will work on your husband. Mm. And it was, and it was a process and it was very humbling um, because there were so many times where, I mean, he literally did not have the capability to love me. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes it was hurting me. Yeah. And God would bring me back to the story of, you know, Gomer and Hosea. And he would say, Krista, you were Gomer. 
you wow. rejected me. You, you prostituted mm-hmm. yourself with other lovers and with idols, you know, and he'd say, but now that I've made you my faithful bride, will you allow me to teach you how to be Hosea? Mm. Right. And, and it was this content and it is, it's a prophetic picture of, of us learning how to look like Jesus, how to love like Jesus, the love that keeps no record of wrongs. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And what I found in this process, and, you know, there's so much that I could talk about. I've talked about it a lot on um, EMM, my mentoring group um, in past sessions that we've done, but I mean, it's amazing. Like even this weekend, um, we have another couple that's very close to us that they have really been struggling in their marriage. And um, David and I looked at each other and we're like, oh my gosh, like our marriage is so good. Like we feel so safe, like Mm -hmm. in our marriage, like I am more in love with my husband now than I ever have been. And my husband is, is a spirit-filled, powerful man of God who loves me and who loves his kids. And, and before I could, I mean, he was a nightmare (laughs) and I mean, I'm not kidding. He would tell you that too. I mean, I was too, I was a nut. I was a nutcase, but, um, (laughs) we all were before Jesus, trust me, (laughs) but God kept his promise because love imparts value, right? Love imparts value. And when people know that they have done something that they've hurt you, right? Or mm-hmm. and, and yet you still show them extravagant grace. You still show them extravagant mercy. It it heaps hot coals on their head and it it's yeah. the God's goodness leads us to repentance, to changing our mind and changing the way that we live. And that's what I experienced in my own marriage. And now, you know, we're in this season where other couples who are struggling Mm -hmm. can actually come and find a safe place within our house and within the history within our marriage so that we can minister to them and, and bring them into a place of reconciliation. And and I feel like what God really wants to do, Oh, I just feel the Holy ghost on this so strong is that he's, he's releasing right now, this incredible grace for one, for us to surrender our wills to him fully so Mm -hmm. that we can become faithful and we can be trusted going into the promised land, right? Mm -hmm. Going into the, the next place. And, and as we do that, there is this reconciliation and this, this new level of trust and of security that he wants to build within our own homes and our own families so that we aren't just married and it being, you know, like living with a roommate or this Mm -hmm. transactional relationship where, you know, it it makes our life easier, right? But where it's deep and it's meaningful and we're actually married on a mission to carry the ministry of reconciliation into other 
households and to other marriages. Because if we can't get our first ministry right, mm-hmm. which is our marriage, which is our family, then how are we ever going to be able to mirror that or, or minister on a deep way to the world that we're living in right now, which is so broken? Yeah. You know, and the number one issue of our day is broken covenant. It is yeah. fatherlessness, right? Mm-hmm. And and this is the thing. It's because Satan is after our kids. Right. Oh, yeah. Big time. Because it well, because if he can remove the father, the father is the protector and the provider. Mm-hmm. Right. Then that leaves the mother. And if there's not an income coming into the household, then the mother leaves the kids. Then you get latchkey kids that are raising themselves or mm-hmm. YouTube is raising them. TikTok is raising them. Right. Right. And mm-hmm. then they're looking for love. They're looking for connection. They're looking for a safe place in all the wrong places. Yep. And that's why we're in the mess that we're in right now. Yep. But, you know, God gave us this promise in Malachi 4. He said that before the day of judgment, that he was going to send the prophet in the spirit and the power of Elijah. And that his preaching, the spirit of Elijah, or the prophetic voice um, in that day, the proclamation of that voice would turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children and the children back to the fathers. And then Mm -hmm. it says, unless there be a curse on your land, right? But what happens is when that prophetic voice goes forth and the fathers begin to turn their hearts back towards home, back towards their wife, back towards the children back towards this generation coming up after them, mm-hmm. then the curse is reversed. Mm-hmm. And that is another theme over the month of Av is that the curse is reversed. See, the, the, the dire straits were really meant to be a time of profound blessing for the mm-hmm. Jewish people, but they made wrong choices because they were unfaithful to God and because they did not believe God. And so the word faith, it means trust. Mm-hmm. It's synonymous with the word trust. And our response to God when we experience his love for us is not necessarily, I love you too, or I love you too, I love you back, God. It really should be, I trust you. Mm-hmm. Right? Because right. true love creates a place of safety where you're, you know your heart is not going to be hurt. Yep. And, and this, is, this is a word for married couples right now. Um, and mm-hmm. for and for anyone looking to be married or to be a person who God can truly use is that if God is the faithful one or the 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 trustful one, and he's looking for a bride that can be trustful, full of trust, and then somebody that others can fully trust in, 
then he is requiring us to have nothing hidden from our spouses. Yeah. Right. To live lives of transparency. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, to live lives of, of like vulnerability, like me, I don't care if people have my, my password on my cell phone because I have nothing to hide. Right. Like I am, I, I am 100% honest, even when I make mistakes mm -hmm. and what I've learned and th this being the foundation is like, I've learned that when I am honest, even to my detriment, right? Um, it builds trust in my relationship yeah. because my spouse sees that I'm convicted about anything that I felt like I needed to hide. Right. And then our marriage is able to advance and move forward and there's no record of wrongs. And I like, listen, men, if you're listening to this, you want your wife to respect you. There, there are two needs, okay? Like men and women are different fundamentally. Men need to know that their wives respect them, okay? Women need to know that they are safe with their husband. Mm -hmm. That's it. But women will not respect their husbands if their husbands are untruthful. Right. If you tell a lie, even a little white lie, they're going to question everything. This is why betrayal and marriages and in any relationship, it destroys the relationship. And it oh, causes yeah. to question your entire reality because mm -hmm. you that somebody loved you, but then wait, if you love me, then why would you do something to hurt me? Or why would you create instability in our safety or in my, my safety by doing this to me? Right. Yep. Yep. And we've got to stop. Like it, it's got to stop. And, and, and it has to start somewhere with us. Um, and I'm telling you men right now, if you create a space in your marriage where your wife can trust you, even with the things that like, when you truly mess up, right. Will she be mad for a minute? Maybe. But will that create a bridge where you guys can begin to work on why that happened to begin with? Right. You know? Communication. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And as she trusts you, that woman will follow you to the ends of the world. She will absolutely respect you. She will never argue with you about where you're going to spend money or what decision you're about to make because she knows that she's safe with you. Yeah. She won't question how you're raising the kids. She won't nitpick or be critical towards you about things because she'll have no bitterness in her heart because she knows that she can trust you. Right. Right. I want to take you real quick back because the there's been a question in my mind. You talked about your husband. 
how he wasn't loving you the way he should and how you responded to that. When was there a, a change in your husband? And does he attribute it to like something specific that, oh, all of a sudden a light bulb went off or he got to know more about Jesus? Or when did you see a change in him? So um, it was over a series of years, um, but there were specific events that happened in that time. And then it was also a lifestyle that I lived. Um, Mm -hmm. It started with him. You know, we had been both been drug addicts. He said, I don't want anything to do with you or with your God. The Lord told me to contend for him in prayer and not to divorce him um, because his, his soul literally depended on it. And um, I surrendered to that. And I, I actually got baptized in the Holy Spirit, asking to be able to pray for my husband. And um, we ended up, we were totally estranged. He was way out in left field, like suicidal, strung out, um, had prostitutes in and out of our old apartment, you know, like mm-hmm. to, to make money to get drugs. I mean, it was terrible. It was a nightmare. And, um, I ended up going, he got evicted and the landlord called me and wanted me to come down and get a box of baby pictures that she had found in our old apartment. So I head down there. I ended up turning on a street that I usually wouldn't have turned down. Um, and he happened to be in a crack house and he heard my car drive by because I drove a hoopty at the time. And um, he came out of the house and wanted to see the kids. And this spirit of mercy came over me that was totally supernatural. That, And he knew me. I was very violent in my before I got saved. And I had only been saved a month, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I, I mean, yes. And instead of being angry at him, this supernatural compassion and mercy came over me rather than judgment. And I looked at him and I said, Hey, you know, I love you. God has told me that I'm not supposed to divorce you. Um, but that I cannot be with you while you are like this. And Mm -hmm. so whenever you are ready to get clean and get help, um, I want you to know that I'm going to be faithful to you and I'm going to be faithful to Jesus and I'll be waiting for you over here until God releases me. And he actually hearing that his testimony is when my wife looked at me covered in track marks, knowing what I was doing when I made her homeless with our kids. And she had no reason to love me or care about me or have mercy. She chose to be faithful. And I saw what God's love for me looked like for the first time in my life because everyone else would have abandoned me. And he, he did like that day after I left, he went and he checked himself into the hospital to go through detox. And, um, he started looking for a rehab that would take him so that he could have a safe place to go to. Um, and he ended up getting, uh, checked into a Christian facility that, 
uh, ultimately discipled him. And Mm -hmm. so he was actually there and I was faithful to him for that whole year that he was in that facility and um, God started to do a deep work in his heart and, and he Mm -hmm. got saved, but he was not filled with the Holy spirit. And he was actually discipled by cessationists or people that don't believe in the Holy spirit for today. Help Elijah Streams continue to reach people around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Visit ElijahStreams.com slash give and become a partner today. So I'm filled with the Holy Ghost and fire. And, you know, he comes out and that wasn't his reality yet. Like mm-hmm. he, had, he had the head knowledge, but he didn't have the, um, the spirit working within him to produce the character and the nature of Christ. And so then the contention in our marriage became, um, God doesn't talk to people like, I mean, I'm a prophet, right? Like, and he's like, God doesn't talk to people like that anymore. And God doesn't do that anymore. Like that was only at the beginning of the church and whatever. And there was a lot of like pride and, and really I look back and I see that it was, it was insecurity in him. And it was also vulnerability and a fear of being out of control because of the Holy spirit overtaking him. Mm -hmm. And so it was all fear, but I didn't know that at the time. So Mm -hmm. then I, I have another encounter with the Holy spirit where I get delivered from a spirit of rejection and I am baptized in the father's love. And so my first baptism, cause you know, there's multiple fillings. My first baptism was to produce Jesus's character in me and um, to help me pray in the Holy Spirit so that I could see breakthrough come into our lives and partner with what heaven wanted to do in our life. Um, And so that I could love David to the best of my ability, but I did not understand my identity as God's daughter. I only Mm -hmm. had heard the gospel of a sinner saved by grace. And I ended up going to this conference and, um, to see Todd white actually, because I'm like, whatever that guy has, that's what I think I need. (laughs) And, um, he, when I got there, I thought Todd white had to pray for me, but really it was some little lady in the back row. I don't even know their name. Bill Johnson was there. He taught a word on um, the fatherhood or the father heart of God. And this lady prayed for me and she gave me a hug and she said, daddy is going to hold you and he's never going to let you go. And I went into this like four day encounter, shaking on the floor, being taken up into um, the throne room, encountering God, the father, where he said, Krista Boo, you're not in trouble anymore. Come and sit on my lap. Let, let me love you. He said, you're my pure princess. He, he cleansed me from all the defilement of my sexual abuse. You know, um, Mm -hmm. he set me free from guilt and shame. And, uh, that was really when mega change began to happen in my life. And it was through that encounter that I go home to this cessationist husband um, who does not like himself and does not know how to even like me. And I literally cried bitter tears of repentance and asked him to forgive me for never loving him well. 
Mm. And he's sitting there like, what? I mean, and it was like bitter tears, like bitter Mm. tears. And he's like, I forgive you. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. Like I never knew what love was until I encountered God like this. And now I see I've never loved you right. I've Mm. never loved you right. And, um, and I asked him to forgive me. And I said, and from, from this day moving forward, I am making a commitment that I'm going to love you the way that God loves you and the way that God has revealed his love to me for me. Mm. And, um, that got, actually it was crazy after two years of me being consistent in humbling myself, getting free from all of my trauma, going through deliverance from all of the the pain and, and the hurt and, and the things that were preventing me from being able to truly love myself and to truly be able to open my heart to love others and invite others into my heart um, is when David watching me in this process Cause you know, he wouldn't even let me preach or minister. Mm-hmm. He actually cursed and said, there's no way a woman, my wife is going to preach the gospel in my house. <laughs> oh no! Seriously. And now he is like the biggest advocate for me. He backs oh, me no. up. He's actually, um, he has forfeited opportunities to preach so that I could, because he oh. knew I was called. And, um, And he came to me and he repented and he said, Krista, he's like, um, he's like, I've gone through this really long process of having to unteach myself what I received from men who I felt were like manly men because I don't know how to be a man, Mm -hmm. but it was really misogyny. And he said, and and worst of all, it was misogyny in the church. Mm. And he said, um, he said, their doctrine is, I can't, I cannot in good conscience say that it is correct any longer because I watched you have an encounter with God that has continued to show the fruit of what I can only say tastes like Jesus. Yeah. And they don't have that. I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't taste and see Jesus on their life. I don't taste and see Jesus on their teaching, but every time we have an argument and I know I'm the one that was wrong to you, you're the one that quickly comes and repents to me because you don't want anything to be in the way of your relationship with God or in the way of our relationship when I'm trying to sabotage it. He's like, you <laughs> have the fruit of Jesus. And, um, and he's like, so I'm repenting to you, Krista. I bless you. Mm-hmm. I give you a husband's blessing to go preach the gospel, to destroy hell, mm-hmm. to, to train and equip men and women. And, um, and he said, and I make 
a decision from this day. It was actually, we renewed our vows. Um, he bought me a new ring and everything. And he said, I'm oh, making a commitment from this day forward to um, love you as Christ loved the church, to give up my will to preach the gospel Wow! <laughs> and, and give up my will to have you serve my dreams so that I can serve yours. Wow. That's but, powerful. Um, yeah, but it, it was, was all from the fruit of seeing Christ in you, seeing Christ through you, the Bible come alive. Faith with works changed yes. his heart. That's what changed him. And even yeah. though it took a process of a couple years, you would say, yeah. it was, I mean, that's what it is. It's showing love. And Peter talks about that. Peter says, you know, for wives, you never know by showing the love of Christ that it would convert them. And yes. so the Bible talks just about that. And, you know, I know that you also talk um, in your notes about the gift of tears, because now that yeah, <laughs> we're this crying. is so emotional for you, I know, because it's so it's so real. And just re reminding yourself of all that God did is overwhelming. I mean, God is constantly overwhelming us with his love in our lives. So what has the Lord revealed to you? Um, July 9th, you said you got a prophetic word about the gift of tears. Yeah, we were actually, um, we were at the Abbey farm or on the way back from the Abbey farm from the real love revolution, uh, event that we had there. And it was really small, but God released something in the room, man, that was so powerful. And it was, we literally sat there for two hours singing just the name of Jesus, just the name of Jesus. And as we all just sang the name of Jesus, this wild release of the Holy Spirit hit the room and everyone was on the floor and they were weeping, including men. And God started to download uh, this word about the gift of tears and how he was, he desired to release this gift of tears, um, over the body of Christ, over intercessors that were in a dry place and, and, um, really to, to refresh us, to bring us back to life so that we could call a dead generation to life. Mm. And, um, the, I can just read it here. Um, but the shortest verse in the Bible is found in John 11, and it's in the account of Jesus's friend Lazarus dying. The verse reads, Jesus wept. And immediately afterwards, we see Jesus moved by emotion to call his friend Lazarus out of the grave. And the name Lazarus actually means God will help. God will help. I believe we are in a season within the body of Christ where the Holy Spirit is confronting the stony areas of our hearts. God is breaking through the walls and the barricades we've erected to protect ourselves from perceived weakness or emotional vulnerability. This hard heartedness has blinded many of us from the ability to recognize the death, grief, and pain that is permeating our culture. And I'm going to say the death, grief, and pain that is even permeating our own households, our spouses, our children. Mm -hmm. 
um, I hear the Lord saying, it's time for my remnant to let their guard down to me. How I long to be invited to roll away the stony fronts and release my people from caves of self-conscious insecurities that they are shut up in. I am visiting my bride in the stronghold of self-reliance and awaking, awakening her with love's kiss to stir up a deep need for me again. Beloved, won't you invite me in? I've spent myself through the night for you. I will soften the hard, barren wilderness within you with my reviving rain. As you surrender your emotions to me, I will awaken the depths of your being once again. I will give you the gift of my tears. Yes, tears are a gift, for they are the seed that in due season will produce a harvest of joy. If you will receive this gift and allow your heart to break for what breaks mine, my love and compassion will become an oasis springing up from your soul. Meet me in the garden of Gethsemane and from the outpouring of my emotions flowing through you, you will give birth to resurrection power that calls many lost souls out of their graves. Their dry and weary souls will drink deeply from the fountain of life overflowing from within you. Friends and saints, there is an entire generation of the walking dead crying out, God help me, from their graves. Their souls are thirsting in a dry and weary land, longing to find someone or something that will satisfy their thirst, bringing them back to life. Meanwhile, much of the church has been living like the Pharisees, satisfied with their weekly church attendance, believing that alone, that that alone, just going to church is all the sacrifice Jesus has required of us. Dressed up, whitewashed monuments gathered around long dead prior moves of God. Beloved, it's time for a change. As the fathers in our nation begin to submit their emotions to the Holy Spirit and weep over the dead sons and daughters, the dead hearts, the dead marriages, the dead hopes and dreams of generations, they will be given the power and authority to call forth those crying out for God's help in the graveyards of our culture. They will command them to come out from among the dead, to take off their grave clothes, compelled by love to step into the abundant life Christ died to give them. I am convinced we must, we must ask God for this gift of tears. We must, we must stretch ourselves beyond our emotional comfort zones. Where are the weeping prophets crying out for mercy on behalf of the captured cities? Where are the wailing watchmen stationed on the spiritual and cultural ramparts of our day? Where are the travailing women standing in the gap for their brothers, sisters, sons, and daughters? And, um, you know, I just feel this invitation to us to receive this from God, but it, it has to start first in our homes. And so my question today and, and over just over this broadcast specifically is where are the fathers who are willing to, um, to weep to, for their own sin of not loving their families well? Where are the fathers that God is desiring to, to put this mantle of the spirit and the power of Elijah on them um, to reverse the curse on our land, but 
first have to be willing to weep bitter tears of repentance for allowing the idols of career mm-hmm. and um, that American dream. Those, those are idols. The American dream is an idol. Your career is an idol. Those are things that are supposed to serve you and serve your family, not for you to be serving, right? When are the mothers going to receive tears for the way that they have stonewalled their husbands? for the way that they have um, not allowed a safe place for their husbands to tell the truth, Mm. for the way that they have received God's love and been more mature in the things of the spirit, yet have been Pharisees and critics and tore down their husbands and torn down their families with their words of judgment that lack mercy and compassion. Where are you? Because we cannot fix the issues in our nation with a particular political candidate. They can only be fixed, guys, by a change in our hearts. Mm-hmm. There is a satanic ideology that it, it, the entire agenda is the unraveling of the family unit. And that ideology can, cannot, it can't be destroyed. It can only be replaced by a greater ideology, which is the revelation of God the Father, Jesus Christ the Son, Holy Spirit and the bride, the family of God, the kingdom of God being made manifest and that being the place of satisfaction, the place of safety, the the place where we come and we receive everything that we need, all of our emotional needs, all of our physical needs, all of our societal needs. Like Jesus is the solution to all the issues in our society. It's, I mean, yes, is government good? Absolutely. Is the right political candidate that God has his mark on um, good? Yes, absolutely. And is it a part of the the puzzle? Yes, absolutely. Because when those candidates are put in places of of influence and power and, and government is done God's way because government rests on the shoulders of Jesus, guys, then it becomes a blessing to all those underneath. But this this is where we're at is that if we don't get this right in our households, then we are not, we're going to be dealing with the same things another 50 years from now, another, even around the mountain, it's going to be around the mountain again. It has to change in our hearts, in our houses, and then it has to begin to influence the hills, the mountain, influence the high places. Well, will you pray into this word um, and just whatever the Lord gives you? Because I know people are like, yeah, I want, I need to do that. You know, their hearts are being convicted. Like, 
yeah, I need to open my heart to my husband. I need to yeah. show the love of Christ. So, yeah. um, would we'll you just, that. would you just pray for the people listening? Yeah, we're going to do that. And then I'm going to, um, I really like, I don't like to cry. I actually had made a vow that I would not cry, um, ever again until God softened my heart. And, um, so guys, I just want you wherever you're at, cause it's really not about you saying a prayer after me, but, um, it, it's about you and the Lord, <laughs> you having a conversation with God where you pour your heart out. I really feel like many of you are saying like, man, there's no romance in my marriage. And actually, in fact, I don't feel any joy. I don't feel any pleasure in life anymore. And it's like, you don't even feel emotions anymore. And you, you feel quote unquote, somebody out there saying, I feel dead inside. And you've been trying to figure out why. And it's because you have allowed your heart to become callous. Mm. And I just want you to, wherever you are, just begin to repent, meaning changing your, your, your head, the way you think and changing the way you, you live, turn to God and say, God, I, I renounce the spirit of bitterness that entered my life when my heart was broken, you know, this time. And God, I, I renounce the spirit of hard heartedness. And any vows that I made to try to protect myself and protect my heart from experiencing pain again. God, I ask you to just come in right now. Your Holy Spirit, come in, Lord of the breakthrough, to break through the walls that I have erected to keep people out so they can't hurt the soft places that are in me. And I just, I just pray right now, Holy Spirit. I just, I, I don't even, I see walls being broke down. I see you coming in as the breaker. Wow. With a breaker anointing to break down walls. And, and these walls being broke down is going to compel people that are receiving this. Some of you guys are, you're feeling like an openness and you're feeling like some of you are crying for the first time. You don't even know why you're crying. Maybe you're not feeling anything emotionally, but tears are streaming down your face. And, and there is from this day forward, the Lord is actually releasing a grace on you to desire and seek intimacy with your spouse, meaning to share things and feelings and thoughts that you have in your heart. And, and for some of you men, the Lord is calling you and he's saying, you are my brave heart. I keep seeing like Mel Gibson, you know, um, from brave heart, the way that he fought for his bride, you know, um, the way that the man waged war, an impossible war, um, against a formidable foe and he rallied other men to action for the honor of his wife who was dead. And I see the Lord calling you forward and saying, it's time for you to be a hero in your household again. It's time for you to rise up and be a brave heart to be compelled by love, 
to pursue your wife, to build trust in your relationship, to call out your children, to, to call out their prophetic destiny, to call off work, to, to sow into your spouse, to sow into your children. The most manly thing that Jesus did was to cry in front of a crowd. He was not afraid of his emotions. And I just feel this grace being released to say, like, to make you not afraid of your emotions. Mm. Wow. And, and I feel that as you do this, that, um, your sons and daughters are going to turn their hearts to you again. They're going to find a safe place in their father as you encounter the father's heart. And then I, I'm actually like seeing um, my friend. I have an amazing friend. His name is John uh, Keeson and his wife, Sarah. They're from Colorado. And they're actually um, part of our Arise ministry or our movement. And John they're, they both went through uh, divorces and then they got saved and they got remarried to each other. And oh, wow. John has, has allowed God to do this work in him where he is on a mission in his marriage to restore and redeem all the broken places in their past marriages and it being like the repentance, you know, um, or the making amends to what they failed to do or what he failed to do in his last marriage by doing it right in his current marriage um, and by their kids from those previous marriages. Mm-hmm. And I and I feel the Lord saying that, too, is that, you know, all the places where past relationships went wrong, where you failed, maybe in the current relationship that you're in, there is, God loves the day of new beginnings, right? Like his mercies are new every morning and God is actually inviting you into saying like, I'm not just going to talk about it. I'm not going to sit here and I'm not going to stew in the guilt and the shame of the ways that I failed yesterday, but I'm going to make a commitment moving forward to make up for what was wrong in the past. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that is how you're going to, wow, that is how the curses are going to be reversed. Holy moly. That's amazing. So, yeah. So Jesus, we just thank you for that. And God, this is for men and for women. That is what, cause guys, when, when the word says that he will, um, that he will restore the years that the locust devoured, right? It, it's it's actually a turning back of time. It's a realignment of what God's original intended purpose and plan for your life was. Mm-hmm. And and it is like when you put a you know an old cassette tape, you know, in and you rewind it. It's as if that one part of the tape never happened. 
Yes. It's, it's, it's a complete reversal. It's a going back and, and then a restoration of what the original plan was rather than, than okay. the curse that entered the, the other timeline, kind of like back to the future. Right. Um, so if, if you receive that, I just want you to like, type amen in the comments on this video. And guys, I'm going to say this too. If Elijah list, Elijah streams and Elijah fire has like blessed you and has added to your life, you should really be sharing their video and sharing their content. Um, because they are a blessing to so many of us. And, um, there are, there are marriages that need to hear this word today. They need to hear this word today. And for the wives, I just feel, um, Jesus, there are wives that you've really been hurt by your husband and you have felt like, just like giving up. And I just right now in Jesus name, I call forth the reality and even a tangible touch of his spirit where he's going to begin to heal your broken heart and your body. Like if you had something wrong in your body, the Lord specifically said digestive issues and heart palpitations, heart issues, spinal (laughs) issues. He's going to heal these things in you to be a sign to prove that his word is true and that Jesus is who he says he is to you, which is your husband first. Mm. You are covenanted to Jesus first, then to your spouse And Jesus's spirit in you is going to help you do what I did with my husband. I release that as a prophetic word and a testimony so that God can do it with the same power and authority that he did it in my life in. Mm -hmm. And so father, I release that impartation right now to be able to love the unlovable, the mean, the hateful, the guarded, the wounded, um, that bite, you know, (laughs) To love them like you love us. Yes, Lord. And that that love will impart value and will bring them to repentance, will bring them to a place of loving the way that you love and fulfilling the deep longings and desires that you, God, originally had planned for marriages. Yes, Lord. Whew. And, and it will lead to salvation for husbands. Mm-hmm. And um, I just, that was weird. Um, for some of you, I feel like the Lord says there's going to be pregnancies that are going to come out of this and that your, your, your child is going to be a prophetic sign of what God is birthing in a ministry that God is birthing. He's healing uh, reproductive organ issues right now. I just heard him say endometriosis mm. um, healing right now. And um, he's healing cellular trauma from um, like past sexual abuse or woundedness. And, and that that's mm. not going to be brought up anymore um, while you're trying to, to love your husband well. Wow. Yeah. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. And the Lord just said, I'm dealing with the spirit of betrayal too. We cast out the spirit of betrayal right now in Jesus' name and send it to the pit. 
Whew. Thank you, Father. Um, my God. Whew. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. There are so many people in the comments that are having encounters right now. Guys, if you had pain, check your body um, and see what's going on. The Lord just said the woman with the issue of blood. Um, the woman with the issue of blood. If, if you are watching this and you have been having an issue um, with, uh, what are they called? Fibroids? Fibroids. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and I just heard poly... polycystic. Is that what it is? I don't know. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> um, somebody in the comments, polycystic fibrosis. Is that what it is? Um, where you get cysts, God is healing that right now too. Amen. Whoo. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Thank you, God. And he's, he's saying he's releasing a romance in your marriage that you didn't think was ever polycystic ovary syndrome. That's it. He's healing that right now in Jesus name. Amen. And he's even healing your husband from guilt and shame when he desires to be intimate with you. I feel like this is for a few very specific people. Wow. My goodness. Um, he's healing that. Thank you, Father. So yeah, God, we just, I ask you right now, Holy Spirit, to just reach into those places, the intimate places, the places where we connect physically with our spouse and covenant love. And I ask you to, to pull out the root of rejection and the root of trauma, the root of shame, the root of bitterness, the root of generational uh, curses right now in Jesus name, we bless the marriage bed, God. We bless the place of intimacy and marriages and we uh, release the commissioning that they will be fruitful and multiply and subdue the nations by making disciples who make disciples. For some of you women, you have been praying for your husband for years to have an encounter with the Lord. And the Lord says, I'm bringing that encounter and I'm bringing it swiftly. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. Amen. Even before the end of the year, the Lord says, I am bringing this life-changing encounter. And it may not be uh, what you have expected, like a lightning bolt from heaven, says the Lord, but it will be a, um, whew, my goodness, help me speak, God. Whew. Thank you, Father. It will be a transition into your husband desiring to go with you and to be about the things of God with you. Mm. It will be from a blockage, says God, to an open door where your husband says, yeah, you should go do that. You should go preach, or it will be your husband coming home and saying, 
hey, honey, I had a conversation at work today with a guy who is struggling with X, Y, and Z. And I felt to tell him that you're a prayer warrior. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think that we could call my friend later so you could pray for him? My God. Now, for some of you, you know what kind of miracle I'm talking about right there. For some of you, the Lord says to invite your husband again and again and again to things that he had previously said no to. And for those who continue to knock, the door will be open to them. Amen. And so I see the Lord saying, like, I am opening up the door of your husband's heart to receive Mm. you and to receive me in you. Amen. Wow. Thank you, Lord. God, you just say yes to that. Some of you guys are feeling this like tangibly on your body. Like he is, he's confirming this to you. Wow. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Wow, Krista. (laughs) If I let you go, I think it will be yeah, here. The anointing is so strong. I know. We'll, we'll be here for a while. So yeah. maybe you could live stream maybe after this. I mean, I, maybe yeah. people jump on over I, to your page. Or, you know, really, guys, I'm just going to throw this out there. We, I have an online mentoring community. It's EMM, Elisha's Mantle Mentoring. We do this every single week in our community on Tuesdays and it's just a Holy Ghost party online. Um, everybody's getting blasted. And that's at KristaElijah.com, right? People yeah. can find that on your website. Yeah. Okay. But I also want to invite you guys. I completely, you know, you get caught up and you forget about things. We're having the next, um, you know, we started the Arise Women's Movement last year. The Lord said that this is the year for us to launch the Arise Kingdom Movement. And it is all about families, marriages, and single people finding your missional spouse, uh, being married to Jesus, um, but whole families that are um, coming to be healed from trauma, equipped with the Holy Spirit, awakened to their identity, and revived. And we're actually- I think we have a flyer for that, right? Yeah, Yeah, we do. Okay. Yeah. And so this is going to be August 10th through the 13th in Minnesota. And for this event, guys, specifically, I felt the Lord say that whatever is going to happen at this event is going to reverse the curse that the um, George Floyd riots and that spirit of division that was released over our nation because we're going to be at the headwaters of the Mississippi. God is going to release a spirit of unity and reconciliation over our nation through this event. And guys, guess what? It's free. It's totally free. There is tent camping available. And so we are just inviting anyone and everyone that wants to have an encounter with Jesus to come to this um, and bring your kids. We're going to have child stuff going on, which is going to be amazing. We're going to baptize your kids in the Holy Spirit and fire, teach them how to prophesy and, and heal the sick. It's going to be awesome. And we've got some awesome men that are going to come give a special word to the fathers. So oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So I want Make to sure you guys you. check that out. And then you wrote a devotional too, right? I did. Yeah. It's all about encountering daddy God out of that encounter Aww. that I had. 
So, and you can find the links to all that on my website. All right. So head over to KristaElijah.com and you can sign up for the conference because do you have to register for it or can you just show up? You can, I don't want to say that without my assistant present, um, <laughs> register. She's going to be like, oh, why'd you say She'll that? She'll be like, why'd you do that? Yes. No. I mean, we're not going to turn anyone away, um, but we do need to make sure that families that come, everyone is, especially if you have minor children, that everybody is signed up and accounted for. Right, that way right. we have the right staff, the way we have enough porta-potties. Um <laughs> you know, it's a lot of planning to go into these events. So please register if you can Yes, and check out that, uh, devotional. I'm sure that is amazing. Krista, I got to get that. Maybe you can send me a signed copy. I would love that. Yes. I would love to. Well, thank you so much for coming on with us today and all you shared, all you pour out. We love you so, so much. Thanks for watching today's show. I know I guarantee you are blessed you don't want to miss tomorrow's episode. I'm going to be right here with Bobby Connor. um, And he always is full of, oh my goodness, the man is a walking Bible. So you don't want to miss it. We love you guys. We'll see you right here tomorrow. God bless. This has been Elijah Streams. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can listen to the Elijah Streams podcast at ElijahStreams.com on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Join us live every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific time at ElijahStreams.com on Rumble and Facebook. Elijah Streams is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahStreams.com slash give to become a partner today.